Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. And welcome to the Sparta Podcast. I am your host, Stu. Um, I know we put a show up last night. Um, it's absolutely happened, but uh, we sort of owed you guys one, probably owe you two. We like sort of, well, like I said, everyone either got sick or their dog died literally or had babies. And, you know, so we're just here trying to make good trying to do good, trying to be good, and by doing that, that means I'm going to try to do an extra podcast for you here tonight. The other three boys are off. Um, fortunately, I am back out at the farm with um, Sartell High School color guy, Josh Fiedler. Hello, Josh. Good evening, Stu. I'm happy to be here tonight, and let me tell you, you're probably not aware of this, but uh, I gave up the opportunity to see Jeb Bush at St. John's tonight speak to be here. Jeb Bush was at St. John's. Yes, actually, not really. I was in. Oh, I, was, okay. I had tickets to see Jeb Bush tonight. Okay, but it was in Chicago for work, so I wouldn't have been able to go okay. anyway. But, okay. but I know you're a big Jeb guy. <laughs> uh, given the alternatives, actually, I am kind of a fan of his now. Um, so what we're going to talk about tonight is, um, well, we got baseball. Um, like I said, we did record the show yesterday, and in the interim, we have had three games that have affected. The Twins' playoff chances, um, all for the better. Um, The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, California, lost two games to Cleveland, who are never going to lose again. That's just, you know, get used to that. And then the Minnesota Twins tonight, um, geez, Louise, the Detroit Tigers are just, they're checked out. I think that's the best thing you can say about them. They're ahead, as we record this, they're they're up 12-1. to Um, Every Twin except for Brian Dozier has an RBI. Um... It was just ugly, and I don't think... If the Twins... Honestly, if they get three out of four from the series, they should be disappointed just from tonight. I don't know what you have to say about that, Well, I think, I think that uh, going into this series, three out of four is the number that most Twins fans would have hoped to come out of it with. Jordan Zimmerman tonight made it through the whopping four innings before sitting to the bullpen, a bullpen that I believe has given up almost six, as an ERA of about six here in the second half of the season, so... As it plays out, I'm, uh, I think I like the Twins' chances with a whole abundance of games against a pretty shitty Detroit Tigers bullpen at this point. Yeah, they have um, two-thirds of their games remaining are against Detroit. The other one-third are against the aforementioned Cleveland team, who will never lose again. So they basically just need... If they win out against Detroit, they'll probably get in, unless uh, the Angels get on a super hot streak. And again, they've got Houston... Um, coming up after this, who are still trying to get home field throughout the playoffs against Cleveland. So they make make hay while the sun shines. We'll use farm metaphor since we're out (laughs) on a farm here. Um, They can really do themselves a lot of favors um, just continuing to just beat the living hell out of Detroit. And Detroit appears to be willing to let them. Um, Miggy Cabrera just looks depressed. He just looks lost out there right now. And and I think he's owed about something... Right around about a hundred million dollars left in that contract, oh, and he's hitting what two forty this year, sixteen home runs, I think, uh, about sixty RBIs, 
yeah, it makes the uh, those that hate the Mauer contract it makes uh, makes that Mauer contract look like a steal. Yeah, um, yeah. And speaking of Mauer, um, I think Red Bollinger from MLB.com had the stat that he's played 134 games this season. His batting average is over 310 now. Um, he's playing Gold Glove caliber first base. Um, with the exception of that horrible error on Monday night, which, you know, um, everyone in K-Fans room chat uh, has pointed out, I'm sure. Um, he's had a real, again, for what his expectations are right now, um, he's having a hell of a year. And, I mean, I know it's $23 million for, for like, um, the best possible Doug Minkiewicz season you could ever get. But still, it's better than what he had has done since the concussions came in came into play for him so i'm pleased with joe mauer but what i want to talk about is byron buxton so i'm gonna turn the, i'm gonna turn it over to you because you had like a little wager going on with byron and um people are sick of hearing me talk about um me believing in him when brandon and john did not and clarence was wanting good things to happen and being a good person unlike brandon and john so i'm gonna turn it over to you here well yeah i think i think uh it's widely known by those that follow the sport of podcast and uh and follow you on twitter that whenever byron has done anything good especially in the second half of the season here maybe even since may for that matter you'll just tweet that at sport of podcast yes. account handle yes. and the mystery person that runs the account then uh, is reminded again that you were right and and they, they were wrong. Yes, but uh, yeah, I had a, <clears throat> I had a bet. The guy in my office every year we make a bet about something related to Major League Baseball, typically the Minnesota Twins. And this year, coming into the year, I set the bet at over under forty five combined stolen bases and home runs. My coworker laughed and thought that I was batshit crazy. Took the under and said that's the biggest sucker bet of all time no chance that that he loses that bet so i just want to let you know on the record here tonight and there's no record more official than the sportive none at all that you are not the only person that has contributed to the sport of over the years <laughs> that was a byron buxton believer so take that john take that brandon, take that brandon. yeah my where, guy as well our guy yeah where is he sitting right now for that bet 42 I, well, before coming into tonight, he had 26 stolen bases, I believe, mm-hmm. 16 home runs, 42. So I need three more for the push, four for the win. Cool. Yeah, um, I th- he might have had a stolen base tonight. I don't know. I saw he had like advanced a second on something. I don't know if it was a stolen base or a wild pitch. Um, you'll want to check that out if money's in play. Yeah. Um, yeah, I again, I don't know what else you can say about him. Um, obviously, though, um, what's uh, going to make any difference in whatever if they do find themselves in the postseason somehow um pitching is going to be um just a major factor because they don't have any um they have i mean they have some they have some, i mean you know irv has done well barrios has definitely shown you know flashes somebody who can be a number i mean ideally number one but probably a number two starter he's got the he's got the stuff for it but um uh, the Yankees series is still very fresh in my mind, and just seeing like you know when the offense isn't putting up twelve runs a game, um, it just shows that they don't have the capability of winning games two to one, three to two, three to one, and I think that sort of plays into um, once the season is over. Um, ideally, it'll be over after um, a playoff spot and even a maybe a wild card upset um, when Kyle Gibson throws his two hit shutout at Yankee <laughs> Stadium. Um, 
they uh, have one the boy geniuses um have a major um task ahead of them and that is to continue doing everything they can to improve this pitching staff both starting and bullpen well i think uh you know <clears throat> tonight was meant to be a short of uh, as we work our way eventually toward the St. John St. Thomas football game this weekend. But that said, it's a good segue to the one other point I did want to bring up about the Twins is that Claire, I, I have not listened to last night's episode, full disclosure, but I did see on Twitter briefly today as I was sitting at uh, Chicago O'Hare that Clarence was under some fire saying uh, for his comment that the Twins gave up. And again, with no record being more official than the sportive, I want to go on the record and saying I support Clarence like a redneck who needs to climb a water tower to defend his sister's honor. <laughs> I am here to defend Clarence's honor and say I agree with him. And I think the, the, to me, the, to, to me, uh, here's how I look at it: the pieces they traded away were more valuable than the pieces that they had to replace them behind them, and. Uh, to me, that that says waving the white flag in a season where those individual pieces being Kinsler and Garcia may have not have been hugely significant. It was highly likely that making the playoffs, as we as now we near it, is going to come down to a game or two. And and I suppose you could argue it all day long, but I will argue the position that it will come down to a game or two, and the combination of those two players is a game or two either way. Um, having them versus not having them. And almost every year with this wild card, the way it is, it comes down to just one or two games in the standing. The Twins were competing going into the trade deadline. The boy wonders should have uh, expected to compete, and the fans should have expected the team to compete coming out of the trade deadline. So in my mind, they did give up, and they made the wrong decision. That's um, that's pretty much where I'm at. I think, um, and I mean, I think, and again, that. Uh, you point out the second wild card that really does make um, selling can really come back to bite you just because you get hot in August and you're right back in it, and the, which is exactly what happened to the Twins. And I think at the time, I know I did. I thought, well, they're they're done. They they made a good run. It's over. I was on board with the trades. I thought it made sense, and I was wrong. And so were um, Derek Falvey and Thad Levine. I think that's Clarence's ultimate point, and. I, I don't see why it's so bad to point out that they made a bad call because yep. they did. I mean, they're going to be in the playoffs now, and their pitching's worse for the trades they made. And it's going to be what it's going to be what eventually gets them eliminated from either the playoff hunt or the playoffs themselves. Is the fact that they just don't have the pitching to compete. I mean, again, the AL is loaded. I mean. Um, Boston is a really good team, and no one's talking about them because of Houston and Cleveland. And then you got you know the Yankees. So I mean, it's, they're just. I mean, it's the one through four are really, really, really good, and the Twins just there's no way they're going to be able to compete in a long series against any of those four teams. So um, that's the task ahead of them, and I think we wanted to talk a little bit about you know what they can do in the offseason going into 2018. Yeah, I think there is... I did say that the, that the the boy genius has failed, but I do think there's a way to make amends, and that starts, in my mind, with the 2017-18 offseason. We want to get too deep into this because 
it sounds too researched, and, and that is not what the sportive listeners <laughs> are here for. But <laughs> they want slander. Yeah, <laughs> half truths at best. They yeah, prefer yeah. third or quarter truths yeah. or complete falsehoods. But <clears throat> that said, I do believe that there's an opportunity to redeem themselves this off season. Stu, can you give me just go through a bit of an exercise with me? Humor me just a bit. Name to me the t- the guys that will be most valuable to the 2018 Twin success. Just just run a few off here for me. Byron Buxton. Okay. Um, Jose Barrios, Miguel Sano, um, Eddie Rosario, Jorge Polanco. Um, those would be my top five. Okay. I, I, I said one pitcher. Yep. Um, I, God, you gotta. You have to throw Irv in there, I suppose. Yep. I, I mean, we still, so. still. I mean, they can't get rid of him at this point. They don't have a choice. Yep. They don't have anyone to bring in who's going to replace him. So, those would be my top six. Okay. So, going off of that, here's the point that I'm trying to make: is that the significant portion of the Twins that are most critical to the success for their 2018 season, they're paying them almost nothing, <laughs> and and so this team is well positioned. We we suffered through. So many shitty baseball games oh my God. in the last six, seven years. And this is what we were waiting for. We weren't just waiting for these guys to progress and and to kind of come into their own as, as young players. But in my mind, we were also waiting for them to peak at a time that they're making almost nothing, mm-hmm. relative in baseball terms anyway, let's face it. Back in, I think, seventh grade speech, uh, uh, we had an opportunity to, to do a debate speech. And I wanted to talk about MLB contracts, and the, some asshole already took before me that they make too much money, and someone else took they don't make enough money. So I asked the teacher if I could take the middle road and say they make the right amount of money. Uh, but let, but setting the craziness that is uh, uh, contracts aside, let's look at those contracts. You mentioned Buxton. Buxton's going to probably make he's pre-arbitration. He's probably going to make five hundred fifty thousand dollars next year. Barrios, the same thing. Five hundred fifty thousand. Sano probably closer to six hundred thousand. Rosario is going to make uh, likely about six hundred thousand. Polanco five hundred fifty thousand. You mentioned Irv there thirteen and a half million. Uh, um, I think a couple other guys. Dozier is, is probably a critical component. Two thousand eighteen yeah. success, depending on if he gets traded. But he's making nine million bucks. And if you want to throw a couple more in there, Kepler. Another five hundred fifty thousand. Uh, you mentioned Barrios, five hundred fifty thousand. And if you want to go one more, Ed Escobar made yeah. two point six million this year. And I know uh, Clarence would want us to throw him in. Yeah. So <clears throat> the total in those guys we mentioned, they're making forty and a half million dollars. After next year, Mauer's twenty three million rolls off, and in two thousand nineteen, this team only has twenty four million dollars committed, and that's to Hughes, Castro. <laughs> And Byung-Ho Park. So, so the point of all of this is to say that the, the bulk of the success for this team in this offseason, here's how the Boy Wonders can redeem themselves, is by taking the, the payroll flexibility that this young talent has given them and going balls out and signing a player or two. And I think it starts and ends with starting pitching for this team. This team will hold its own on defense, will hold its own at the plate, and uh, needs to tar- target some starting pitching this offseason. Yes, and I i mean, I think the uh, names will be coming out here once the um, offseason begins. I know they're out there. Um, the name that I've 
Ben Hoppon actually is a position player, and of course, because he shares a name with legendary guitarist Carlos Santana. <laughs> um, but I, 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 I love to like list off names of free agent pitchers that I think they should pursue, but I simply don't know them. Well, uh, you may not. I, I follow the team a little bit, so I got a few for. I just got a few for you here, okay. and then we can move uh, move toward uh, our St. John St. Thomas talk. But you, Darvish, uh, you know, got traded the Dodgers here. He's going to be a uh, He'd be my number one. He got he's going to be a free agent this offseason. Jake Arrieta, who's had some struggles here recently, but he's a free agent. A guy that I like that I think I just talked about going whole hog, but let's face it, the Twins aren't going to do that. Um, but they might go at least half, percent, hog. half hog, three-quarter hog, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, just make sure you get the part of the hog that has the side pork because that's what you turn into bacon. But uh, Alex Cobb is a player that's going to be a free agent this offseason. Lance Lynn is another one as well that I like. Then it kind of bumps down a tier. You're looking at Jules Sakin, Jaime Garcia. Uh, hardly knew you. <laughs> uh, Michael Pineda got struggled some this year, but I think just still have some talent left. And then one wild card. I do know that Masa Tanaka has a player opt-out. He's owed three years, about $60 million left. So I would not be surprised to see Tanaka opt-out either. So I think those are the, the starting pitchers that are likely to be available. They should at least get one of those. Would be, I mean, just correct. Absolutely, absolutely has to get one. I yep. mean, again, they they don't have, they still don't have the farm system built to where there's young arms at the ready for them to plug into the rotation. They don't. They just they're not there. Unless you know something about Cole Stewart that I don't know. And uh, I, <laughs> I think his walks per nine is about walks per nine is about six. So that's what you need to know. So that's another fifth starter. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is that it for the twins? Yes. Okay. From me. Okay. Um, let's see. I think after that, are we on? Are we on to the the big game this weekend? Yeah. All right. I think I, I want to just completely random. One other statement. Uh, saw Garth Brooks last weekend. If you get an opportunity to see Garth Brooks, do it. The only entertainer I've ever seen as entertaining is Garth Brooks. When I saw him before, and the only concert that was that exciting was Metallica and Kid Rock, from my perspective. So you got a chance to see Garth Brooks. I saw him in Sioux Falls. The Sanford Center in Sioux Falls had acoustics that will rival the X. There I said it. So if you get a chance to see Garth Brooks, go see him. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was just, uh, something I no, wanted to mention. No, I think um, even the most hip of hipster uh, music listeners, um, cops to, like, saying, you know, Garth Brooks puts on a really good show. He's, like, he basically studied arena rock, he has studied at the feet of, you know, the guys who put on the really good shows, your Springsteens, your Billy Joels, and stuff like that. And he does, you know, he'll put on a three-hour show, and he'll, you know, do a ten-show run in frickin' South Dakota, because that's just what, you know, Garth Brooks does. <laughs> so, so yes, I, uh, I, I, I absolutely believe you when you say that. Um, so this weekend, um, Saturday, um, the traditional uh, Mayak rivalry, um, St. John's, St. Thomas. Um, in a twist this year, although they, this, this has been played at a neutral site before, correct? Metrodome, right? Yeah, they have they have played at a neutral site, I think, three times in the history, I believe. Okay. Yep. But for the first time, they are playing at Target Field. And um, it's it's um, it's going to be a thing. I, they're, are, the field's already um, been set up for football. And if I got my stats right, uh, St. John's currently undefeated on the season. That's correct. And St. Thomas has a loss to um, Stout. 
Yes. Okay, so they lost to the team that is located in the town where you, like, if your kid shits the pant, shits his pants <laughs> on the way to Milwaukee, that's where you stop to change at the McDonald's or the Denny's. And the Denny's has a liquor license, so you can grab a... <laughs> You can grab a spotted cow at the Denny's off the interstate in Menominee. But they do have a loss. Um, so there is a chance that the uh, run St. Thomas has been on is either slowing down or perhaps over. And I'm just going to turn it over to you since you know a hell of a lot more about this rivalry than I do. And again, um, f- um, full disclosure, Josh is a St. John's graduate. Yeah, St. John's graduate. Uh, I spent. Uh, I did not play the game, however. Okay. So I know that's uh, it's a pretty critical component for some of the... Uh, some of the sportive listeners and uh, Twitter commenters, I did not play the game. But let's face it, one of the cool things about sports, Stu, in my mind, is that we insert ourselves into the rivalries of the teams that we love. And that's that's what's just cool about sports. So uh, cheers to that. But and isn't again, isn't that what sports is all about? Inserting ourselves into rivalries despite having never played the game uh, to teams that uh, don't know we exist. But in any event, I do have... Uh, for the listeners tonight, I had to put a list together of the uh, three things you need to know about St. John's, the three things you need to know about St. Thomas, and then the three reasons to cheer for St. John's. <laughs> so, where's the three reasons to cheer for St. Thomas? Okay, well, uh, you need. To, I am not your guy for that one. <laughs> um, if anybody from St. Thomas wants equal time, I will show up at your dad's bank, and um, we can <laughs> we can get those get those extra talking points from you. Okay, over to you, Josh. All right. So, first, the three things you need to know about St. John's, uh, and this is pretty much specifically tied to the football program here. So number one, St. John's is the winning. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Best football program in Division Three history. 7-10 winning percentage. And they are sixth in winningest programs in college football history trailing only michigan notre dame ohio state alabama and oklahoma wow so is grambling somewhere in there i would guess that uh, when eddie robinson was there he probably had them uh, doing well but uh i don't know that they've been a powerhouse here in, in more more recent years so uh winningest program in d3 history uh number two along similar lines uh 
St. John's has had how many? Let me ask you, how many consecutive winning seasons do you think St. John's football has had, Stu? Okay, let's see. Gallardi was there for about 50 years, and they won all 50 of those years. And now it's been Rambler for the last three or four years, roughly? Fosh. Oh, Fosh. Sorry. Who's Rambler? He's the head coach at St. Scholastico, which St. John's uh, was uh, criticized for beating 98 to nothing week one. Sorry. Was Rambler a former Johnny? Uh the second most prolific Johnny quarterback of all time, and I'm not going to – I think most of the listeners know who at least would self-proclaim to be number one. I have no idea who you're talking about. Um, okay, so Fashion's been here for four or five years. Yeah, I think, I think it's been five, five years now, I believe, yeah. So, and I think Gallardi um, inherited a not a great program, so I'm going to say 55. You're close. 49 consecutive winning seasons for St. John's. Uh, number two in the Mayak for most consecutive winning seasons is Bethel with 23. Uh, and I hate to give Bethel credit, but this is my opportunity to kick them while they're down. They're 0-3 and, and probably not going to win a game for the next six, seven years would be my guess. That's too bad. Yeah, that's really too bad. You know, one time I was uh, when I worked at St. John's, when I was out at St. John's, I do recall walking by the Bethel. This was the basketball uh, locker room at the time, not football. But I was walking by the Bethel basketball locker room. It's a true story. Uh, and they had the door closed. But the coach's pregame speech concluded with, now let's go beat those fucking Catholics. <laughs> so, so this is a guy. These are He was saying that to students who uh, can't shut the door if they got a girl in the room. So, uh, And their feet can't leave the floor either. Uh, but in any event, it's a true story. Uh, the third thing you need to know about St. John's as it relates to kind of this weekend, St. John's versus St. Thomas. They've had 13 times they've had a crowd over 10,000 people, which I think they got 33,000 tickets sold so far for this weekend. And St. John's uh, is 7-6 and six in those games. So that's, uh, that's what you need to know about St. John's heading into the game. Okay. Um, and I'll, let's see, um, St. Thomas, um, did they win the Mayak last year? Yes. Okay. And this is like, um, they have had the run of the Mayak probably since Gallardi retired, roughly. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, and this, so this is probably like as big a game as has happened since Gallardi retired. Would that be fair to say? At least between these two teams, I would say so. Yes. Yep. Okay. So give me three things that I should know about St. Thomas. Okay. Well, uh, from Twitter, Dan Murphy said that I better criticize St. <laughs> Thomas Thanks, to, 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 to no end. Uh, although he in of himself has a little bias, I think is formerly, or might maybe still be, is the president of the J Club at St. John's, the Athletic Booster Club. But in any event, uh, what you need to know about St. Thomas is they are 34-51-1 all-time against St. John's. That's, is that, that's probably pretty good, though, for the Mayak, right? Well, I suppose, but that still okay, means that St. John's has won fifty percent more of the games. Whose side am I? That's uh, your wife, Liz. Yeah, Liz is in the background. I am on St. John's side. Sorry, I, I saw you know you tweeted this week, and I was I was tied up at work, so I didn't have the opportunity to tweet back. But I did say that you decided to pick St. John's because some high-ranking official in the Trump White House was a St. Thomas. So yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's right. Sorry. Okay, okay. Well, I'll, I'll cop to that. Okay. <laughs> everyone uh, everyone has their reasons. You landed on the right side, at least as a turtle to the rivalry. Yeah, how we get there is fine. Yeah. Yep, okay. So 
Uh, also, what else you need to know about St. Thomas is zero rings. And you win a ring for winning a, a national championship. So zero rings. And let's face it, as a Minnesota sports fan, we need winners. We don't need schools that have never, in 100 and I believe 10 years of playing college football, have never won a national championship. We, we have many um, non-ring-having teams in this state already. So um, we're, we're good on that front. Minnesota sports fans deserve a winner, and St. Thomas is not that winner. Third and final thing, you know about St. Thomas, you mentioned it, Stu. They do have one loss. That was to Stout. Uh, I think, as you said, <laughs> they're out of a town that uh, uh, has a Denny's that serves alcohol, which yeah. is fucking amazing. Uh, well, so, so, so along those lines, St. Thomas is 2-1. and one. You need to know that they lost to UW Stout. UW Stout is 15-35 and 35 in the last five years. 39-51 and 51 in the last 10 seasons. Last 10 years has only finished about 500 twice. Five straight losing seasons. I could go on and on, but uh, I'm sure they brought it all against the Tommies. <laughs> now, is that a was that a road game or a home game? Do you know? Fuck, I don't know. Okay, well, <laughs> it, it, it's bad enough where it doesn't matter. Okay, so um, going into tomorrow's game, um, do we have any like read on how it's going to go? Well, I think we saw a line. There was a line set. Uh, by John Sharpen today on Twitter, that it uh, started out, it opened at minus four, St. Thomas, St. Thomas minus four, down to minus three. Take those points while you can, if you're if the, you're the type to bet. Uh, I see, well, in all seriousness, what, what it's going to come down to, I think, is that how well can the lines, how, what does the line play like? St. John's did lose to St. Thomas twice last year. St. John's got dominated on the offensive and defensive lines both times. Uh, so I think that's where it's going to come down to is the line play. Uh, hopefully St. John's has uh, uh, Evan Clark as a wide receiver for St. John's. He tried out, or not tried out, but practiced in front of five NFL teams this last summer. Uh, showed off what he can do for them. So uh, he's missed. he missed last week against St. Olaf uh, with, with an injury. He needs to come back healthy. So if Clark is healthy and the St. John's wins the line play. I think that's the key to the game for uh, for St. John's this weekend. Has um, there been turnover on the Lions from last season? Uh, I, I don't know on the St. Thomas side of things. Uh, I will say on the St. John's side of things, the key one of the key players that you want to watch if you're, if you're going to the game this weekend, and 33,000-plus are, uh, is that St. John's is a player on the defensive line last season, Almayak. Nathan Brinker, holding Ford product. Uh, the kid had an unbelievable high school career. He had nine and a half sacks last season for St. John's. Uh, playing at the end of the year, he ultimately he told the coaches that, that uh, his knees were hurting him. He had two torn ACLs and still had nine and a half sacks. Kind of a neat, neat story there back in high school for holding Ford. He uh, won a state championship his senior year for them playing offensive line. Uh, running back and was also through the winning touchdown pass in the state championship game on the football team for the wrestling team he won the state championship in his weight uh baseball hit 500 went to state in the shot put and the and the discus and also anchored the four by one so those are the types of athletes that st john's just naturally attracts. so look for nathan brinker to have a big game this weekend for st john's 
That's all true. No, 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 I, no, I mean, farm. he's farm kid tough, obviously, from Holdingford. Um, let's see. Um, wow, what was I going to say? I had a... Sorry, I'm pulling up the uh, the uh, show sheet here. Um, what are the three? Re- oh, you, those were the three reasons, were they not? No, no, that's, that's, oh, okay. that's, that's so, what you know. You're, you're, just, doing a, you're yeah. just doing analysis. Yeah. Okay. What are the three reasons to cheer for St. John's this week, John? All right. Well, uh, John, not you. Number one, I think if you go to the game, 70% of the, of the fans there and probably 70% of America will be cheering for St. John's. And. <laughs> How can that many people be wrong? So I think uh, so. there's one reason to cheer for St. John's. 70% of the people in attendance will be cheering for St. John's. Uh, number two, a few weeks back, or it might have been more than that, uh, there was an Ask Sportive, hashtag Ask Sportive, about which is the most sportive college in the Mayak. And I think you guys landed on Concordia. The Cobbers. But the Cobbers, yeah. that said... I think St. John's was was talked about as well as being one of the more sportive teams. And so the number two reason to cheer for St. John's is this. To be sportive, you got to be a grinder. got to be blue-collar. Uh, St. Thomas has the third highest household income for parents in terms of the students' as parents for the household income that they came out of, trailing only Carlton and St. Olaf. And you can't hardly be sportive when you come from such wealth. No, you can't. It's impossible. Sorry, Wade. It's all. <laughs> uh, but that endowment has helped paying Clarence's salary, too. That's true. So. <laughs> so that household income piece there, number two. And the number three reason why you should cheer for St. John's is St. Thomas's head coach, Glenn Caruso, has never met a 50-yard line that he didn't consider himself extremely photogenic on. So... <laughs> For those, for those who do not get that reference, um, after St. Thomas beat St. John's at St. John's, like an hour after the game, he brought the rest of the team out to the fifty-yard uh, line of Clemens Field, and they vogued and like struck poses and stuff like that. So that didn't sit well with a lot of Johnnies. Um, um, the aforementioned uh, John Sharkman, I think, was particularly. Um, nonplussed with that um, act. It was a disgusting act, I think, was the uh, the general consensus on that behavior. So, um, do you have a final score prediction for that? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I'm going to go uh, 31-23 St. John's comes out the victor. You got one? Um, no, I, I don't know enough about it. So I well, let's, let's face it, this is the sport of it. It's never stopped you before. Yeah, I've no, listened to all 230-some no, no. episodes. Okay, so let's say I will just say uh, St. John's 27, St. Thomas 24 in overtime. Okay, fair enough. Okay. So, um, so yeah, um, so we've covered Twins, covered uh, Johnny Tommy, um, and I think we're on to story time. Sure. Are we on to story time? Okay. Um, as everyone um, knows, uh, Josh has a uh, colorful um, outstate Minnesota upbringing, and that usually involves stories about farm machinery and or weird kids. So I'm going to throw this over to Josh to probably close out our shortive with um, a story from the past. Well, I, I do. Uh, I, I'm going to throw a shameless plug in here real quick before we go there. Okay. You mentioned uh, uh, this fourth year I've called Color Commentary. For local high school football, this year we're covering the Sartell Sabres, and 
son of a bitch. They are dog shit. Uh, <laughs> they lost to Apollo. They lost to Apollo for the first time in history. They lost week one to Cambridge, a Cambridge team that ran the ball on every single play, and somehow Sartell did not find their way into the backfield once. But in any event, uh, you can hear all those games. Dave Overland on the play-by-play, myself on color on 1390GraniteCitySports.com. The fan. No, 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 that's right. No, got to say sports. Yeah. So anyway, okay, that was the shameless plug. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> Stu, I, I, I did have a story kind of planned, but I'm going to give you an option here. I'm going to throw a little okay. bit of a wrinkle in. Okay. I did say I have one story I could tell about a rac- raccoon hunting in a Ford Ranger, or the other one is uh, a story about bull semen and warts. Um, you, you know... <laughs> I'm going to say bull semen and warts. So I'm going to go to the fridge and grab a beer. Oh, we should we should point out we are having a double dry hopped pseudo sue, and it's phenomenal. Um, Topling Goliath Brewery out of Decorah, Iowa. Um, if you get the chance, grab. It's only in Bombers, I think, mm-hmm. and it's just it's a hell of a hell of a beer. So um, grab one when you get the chance. Um, over to you, Josh. All right. So you want you want to hear the story about bull semen and warts? Yes. So, all right, so here, here's here's what happened. So I somehow I ended up with a wart on my pinky finger. I don't know about you, Stu, if you've ever had one or not, but this is probably back in, oh, my freshman year of college. And went in, and if anyone's ever had a wart before, you go in, and they take just a little bit of, of a freezing agent. I don't know if it's liquid nitrogen or what, but they take a little bit of a freezing agent, and they stick a toothpick in into that, or not to pick, but a, a, a kind of a cotton swab or a Q-tip or something, and they dab it into that into that liquid nitrogen, and then they put it on your wart, and they just, it's, it's kind of like they touch it once, they touch it twice, they touch it three times, they send you home, and I think the doctors know damn well that it ain't going to get rid of the wart, but that's the whole scheme. See here, I went to the doctor about five, six times to try to get rid of this wart, and, and it just wasn't going away. But, I, again, I think that's part of the strategy. In any event, <clears throat> I was growing pretty frustrated with going and get treated for this wart. What's that, Liz? I resent that. Yeah, Liz says she resents that. But, she's a uh, nurse. Yeah, she's a nurse. Um, uh, so I was getting frustrated that, that this wart wasn't going away. So I happened to be at the farm one day, and, and uh, Stu, I, 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 I'd imagine um, – Many of the listeners uh, probably don't know this, but uh, on many farms, there's a guy that showed up, and we, he's called the breeder, okay? And he artificially inseminates cows. Are you, are you familiar? Yes, I am familiar. Okay. So he shows up with this tank of bull semen, right? And in order to keep the bull semen healthy and alive, it's got to be stored in liquid nitrogen. So I, I got to thinking. So I went out there and with a styrofoam cup, and I asked our breeder, I said, hey, how much would you charge me for a styrofoam cup out of your bull semen tank of the, not of the semen, that would do me no good, but of the liquid nitrogen? So kind of looked at me kind of weird, and, and, and he said, oh, I'll give you some. So he, what he did is he, he poured the, the liquid nitrogen in the styrofoam cup. I took a Q-tip of my own, dipped it into the liquid nitrogen, and held it on the wart on my pinky as long as I possibly could till I didn't feel any till the pain went away and didn't feel anything anymore. Did that about 15, 20 times and self-medicated my wart. So it went away. So I'm pretty sure that my pinky turned 
several stages of, of white. And I don't know how I would have explained to the doctor that I got frostbite in July <laughs> uh, or June. But I, 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 that's just what happens on the farm is you, you need to self-medicate and do what you can. So I took the liquid nitrogen out of a tank of bull semen and used that to, uh, to get rid of the wart. So um, for all those out there that are frustrated with, with going to the doctor to try to get rid of their wart, just find a guy with a, a, a tank load of bull semen and, and you'll be hooked up. They're amazed, right? I um, haven't known enough farm people in my life um, that didn't even make me blink an eye. That just <laughs> you can still see it there. Look, you can still yep, see the yes, spot. I, There's yes, scar. It's right there. There's a scar. <laughs> it's 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 shaped like bull semen. <laughs> um, uh, sorry, I'm sorry. That totally threw me for even even though I know how farm things go down. Um, That's just how it works. Yeah. Um, who does Sar? Oh God, Sartell has tech this week, don't they? Yes. Um, and Tech's got a U of M recruit, right? Yeah. For uh, for those that are Gophers fans, uh, I don't really care uh, too much about uh, uh, what John thinks. But uh, for the rest of the the Gophers fans, uh, yeah, Tech has a kid who's been starting receiver since the freshman year. Brevin Span Ford, six seven, two thirty. Going back even probably two years ago when he was a sophomore, I already would have said the best high school receiver I've ever seen play. I saw Eric Decker play in Sartell, obviously over a decade ago. Uh, and while I think it was clear Decker was going to be good, I don't think I anybody would have predicted as good as, as he turned out to be. But that said, Spam Ford is the best high school player I've ever seen, high school receiver I've ever seen play. U of M targets him to be a tight end for him right now. This year, however, for the first time in his career, the St. Cloud Tech coaches have lined him up at defensive end as well and uh, it's created some havoc, a lot of havoc there from that position for the Tech Tigers. And uh, kind of surprised that the U of M coaching staff was okay with that, but maybe they don't even get consulted on something like that. I don't know. But Span Ford, for all you Gophers football fans, you're getting a hell of a player and a player that I think uh, will make an impact over, over his career for the Gophers. And I went to St. Cloud State with his dad. That's how old I am. So, Are you serious? <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. So that's uh, I'm 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 very old. Um, and Piper will be my daughter. Piper will be at the game tomorrow because um, it's um, she goes to South, which is the Tech uh, feeder school, uh, middle school. So she's going to be rooting against uh, the Sartell Sabers. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, I'm, and again, Celia was she. Um, my oldest daughter went to Apollo High School. And when I told her that Apollo beat Sartell, she thought I was fucking with her. Basically, she's like, "Why are you? Why are you lying? I'm in I'm in Montana. That's not cool." But no, it, it really happened. So yeah, Sartell's definitely having a down year for football. Um, gosh, we're at the forty minute mark, and I think we've got everything covered, right? Yeah. Okay, so um, let's see. Um, twins are in a better place than they were last night, <laughs> somehow. Um, uh, St. John's, we are um, predicting a St. John's win. And again, anybody, any Tommy's listening to this, I do apologize. No, you, no. Okay, I don't apologize. Never apologize. God, I keep forgetting. Again, when Clarence isn't here, I start apologizing, and it, it never turns out the right way. Um, and I think that's it. So, Josh, thank you for coming on and previewing that game with us. I think this is going to be the only podcast locally that will devote a whole half hour to Johnny Tommy. Um, I think CCO might do something just because, you know, once they lost the Gopher games, they 
basically you know went hat in hand to the St. Thomas campus and said, let us yeah. you know do what we can to make everyone think that St. Thomas football's something. Mm-hmm. And you know, well, I hi Mike Max, how's it going? Anyway, um, that's it. So thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, thank you, Josh, for coming on. Thank you, Stu, for having me on. And next time I'm on, I'll tell a story about raccoon hunting, grumpy old men, and an old Ford Ranger. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, I'm on my third beer. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.